And welcome to episode 82 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again on today's episode. A blockbuster trade in Major League Baseball. Could Mookie Betts be going to the Dodgers? And we're going to look at those Pro Bowl snubs. Should Dak Prescott have made the Pro Bowl? We got some NBA rumors. All that much more here on episode 82 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast these days. And then be sure to head to YouTube and give me all your takes. I got a great response from definitely not Jeffrey regarding the Astros cheating scandal. He says, quote, all the other kids are doing it. Sign the Astros. And then he also says, fact, if the other teams knew, then Major League Baseball knew. Great point, definitely, Jeffrey. So if you want to become a part of the Get More Sports podcast, be sure to head to YouTube. Give me all your takes right down below in the comments section. But we've got a jam-packed show for you guys. Lots to get into. So let's get right into it. It's showtime. Are you ready? What it do, baby? Baby, baby. Let's get it on. Garrett Cole is officially a New York Yankee. The introductory press conference for Garrett Cole was held today. He signed a nine-year, $324 million contract, making him the highest-paid pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. Garrett Cole got all the money. Back in 1970, Nolan Ryan became the first pitcher to earn more than $1 million per season. This year, Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg will make more than $1 million per start. Garrett Cole talked about why he decided to join the Yankees, and after you listen to some of these press conference quotes, it's pretty clear that it was a match made in heaven between the pinstripes and Garrett Cole. I'd like to say, I'm here. I've always been here. So That's great. You kept it. I did. Remember as a little boy dreaming about being a Major League Baseball player, specifically a Yankee, um, and um, like Brian said, it's the right time and the right place to, to take that step. And um, I'm just tremendously excited, and and uh, and I hope there's a lot of I hope there's a lot of young boys out there, um, you know that that chase their dreams. Uh, just like I did. And yes, my man's really brought that sign that he was spotted with at the 2001 World Series against the Diamondbacks where it's a shot of Garrett Cole's a boy and it says Yankee fan today, tomorrow, and forever. He showed up with that same sign. So he's going to be a Yankee today, tomorrow, and for the next nine years unless he opts out after five. But for all these teams, the Angels, the Dodgers, that are hurting for not signing Garrett Cole, look, you didn't have much of a chance, okay? They kept that sign with them all these years, and just listen to the way he talks about his beloved New York Yankees. Because it's, it was my dream. Uh, I, I had a second opportunity to chase it, and um, it's the best organization, uh, in my opinion, in the league. Um, there's a there's a process here that Brian spoke to, and that he just alluded to a couple minutes ago about trying to bring the best people uh, at each individual position to surround everybody with the best opportunity to succeed. Um, I think they've demonstrated that uh, certainly through Brian's uh, tenure over the last two decades. Um, so it instills a lot of confidence as a player when you hear those things, uh, and it doesn't hurt to play for your favorite team. I mean. I was always a baseball fan. Um, I, I, I love the game. I, I played it from a young age, and and 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's hard not to fall in love with the Yankees from like 94 to, you know, 2002. Um, he obviously was partial to the Yankees and, and every every young kid wants to be like their dad, right? So um, I wanted to be a Yankee fan. You know, the Yankees are on at four o'clock every day. So I'd rush home from school, pop the TV on outside, um, maybe invite a couple of my buddies over and um, uh, Tyler and, and Charlie and, and we'd sit on the patio and, and, and watch uh, Watch the Yankees games. Um, we had a wonderful opportunity to go to the 2001 World Series where uh, I held, I had that sign. Um, I, I mean, I, it's just what a traditional, what a what a franchise of tradition and success and championships, and it it kind of embodies the the true American dream. And then, of course, if you join the New York Yankees, it's bye bye beard. That all started back in 1973, the home opener against the Cleveland Indians. George Steinbrenner did not like the way it looked during the national anthem, so he ordered that all players, coaches, and executives have to shave their beards. Then in 1983, at Steinbrenner's behest, Yogi Bear ordered Goose Gossage to remove a beard he was growing. Gossage responded by shaving away the beard, but leaving a thick, exaggerated mustache extending down the upper lip to the jawline, a look Gossage still sports to this day. And then in 1991, that was probably the most infamous incident with Don Mattingly. Don Mattingly was growing a mullet, you know, business in the front, party in the back, well, he did that, and he got benched because of it. So here's Garrett Cole on his new beard-free lifestyle. Uh, really beneficial for me, um, and ultimately it was. Um, and I've experienced razor burn now for the first time in the last 10 years. <laughs> now, if you're the New York Yankees, this is the perfect move for this franchise that hasn't won a World Series in over a decade. Look, I know the contract is long. I know that contracts like this towards the back end start to be an albatross against a franchise. But it's not about year nine. It's about year one. It's about World Series number 28. It's not about down the line. It's about what you can do next year to end this decade-long drought. And also for Hal Steinbrenner. He was earning the reputation as a little more cost-conscious than his free-spending father, George Steinbrenner. So he needed this move to really save his reputation with Yankee fans. I love the move for the Yankees, and that's why they're the prohibitive favorites to win the World Series next year. Now, just how much money is he making? He averages about $36 million per year. That's $4,109 per hour. The average American salary in 2019 was $47,060. It takes Garrett Cole 11 hours and 27 minutes to make what the average American makes in a year. My message to all the parents out there for Christmas, get your kids a baseball glove and a bat or a ball. Have him be a Major League Baseball player because, look, that is where the money's at right now. We got a live look at Garrett Cole driving home from today's press conference. I'm rich, bitch. I'm rich, bitch. I'm rich, bitch. And next, a little update on the MLB hot stove. Now, that hot stove is still cooking, but it's not as hot as it once was. The big names are off the board. Look, Garrett Cole, he's headed to the Yankees. Steven Strasburg, he rejoined the Nationals. And then Anthony Rendon, he didn't want that Hollywood lifestyle with the Dodgers, ended up going to the Angels. But you still got some big names out there. Names like Josh Donaldson, he's rumored to be headed to the Nationals. Hunjin Ryu, Nicholas Castellanos, Marcelo Zuna, Dallas Keuchel, Corey Dickerson, Dellen Batances, 
and then Will Harrison, Daniel Hudson. So a lot of quality names that have yet to sign, and I have to admit, I really like this offseason. We're not waiting until the beginning of the season like we did last year with Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. But with those big names off the board, it's all about the trades. And you got some big-time headliners in the trade market. Two of the top 10 players in the game, Francisco Lindor and Mookie Betts, they're on the trade market. And as we talked about last week, the Dodgers have been interested in Francisco Lindor, but they're also not interested in parting ways with Gavin Lux for Francisco Lindor's services. So they might pivot to a Mookie Betts trade. Now, according to Bob Nightingale, he says, if the Dodgers can't get Cleveland Indians shortstop Francisco Lindor, they may have their eye on Red Sox star outfielder Mookie Betts in preliminary talks. Now, Mookie Betts and Francisco Lindor, they're both elite players. Cream of the crop, top 10 guys in Major League Baseball, but the Red Sox are much more inclined to trade Betts, who's projected to earn $27 to $30 million in his final year before hitting free agency. Cleveland, on the other hand, they're not worried about the luxury tax like the Red Sox are. The Red Sox, they had baseball's highest payroll last year at $244 million, and they're set to pay $13 million in luxury tax penalties. So their priority right now is to slash their payroll and get under that $208 million luxury tax threshold. So if you're the Boston Red Sox, the time to sell is now because, look, one, Mookie Betts is walking. You're not going to pay Mookie Betts. Two, you won a World Series with the guy in 2018. And three, the New York Yankees. You guys like to call them the evil empire. Well, they just loaded up with Garrett Cole. They're not just the favorites to win the AL East. They're the favorites to win the whole damn thing. So if you're the Red Sox, it's time to sell a rebuild to your fan base right now. Start to replenish that farm system. And why not do that with prospects from the number three farm system in Major League Baseball? Look, the Dodgers farm system, it's the Golden Goose. They produce Walker Bueller, last year's MVP, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, Alex Verdugo, just to name a few. Will Smith came on last year, and they've got a treasure trove of prospects right now, including Gavin Lux, Dustin May, Cabot Ruiz, Josiah Gray, DJ Peters. Lots of talent in this Dodgers organization, and the Red Sox, they could use some of that talent to move forward and move on from Mookie Betts. And if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mookie Betts, that is a perfect addition to this Dodger lineup. Look, he's an elite outfielder, easily top five. If you look at it, his 39.7 B-War since 2015, that's second in Major League Baseball over the last five seasons, trailing only Mike Trout. He won the American League MVP award in 2018, batting 346, a 1,078 OPS, and 32 home runs, 30 steals, and he led the Red Sox to a World Series title. And then there's last year. Last year, a little bit of a down year for Mookie Betts. He hit 295, 29 home runs, a 391 on base percentage, and he slugged 524. He also made another all-star team and won the gold glove. So he didn't replicate his MVP year. And the other thing to consider is he's only under one more year of team control. So Will the Dodgers have assurances that he'll seriously consider signing with them? And are the Dodgers willing to pay the price 
with him. So not just the price as far as his contract and his extension goes, but are they willing to pay the price with taking on David Price's contract? Now, remember, there was a time when David Price was the pitcher that was setting all the contract records. He signed that $217 million deal, and his connections with Andrew Freeman. Andrew Freeman, he drafted him with the number one pick. The Dodgers saw what he could do in the 2018 World Series, but up until that 2018 postseason run, David Price really had his struggles in October. He was 0 for 10 in the playoffs. He's had a surgically repaired left wrist. He's had elbow issues. How much can the Dodgers bank on David Price for the next three seasons? But if the Red Sox are willing to accept A.J. Pollock's contract, Jock Peterson, Corey Seager, and they allow the Dodgers to keep those elite prospects, then all bets are off. Then the deal gets done, in my opinion. But you don't include Gavin Lux for Mookie Betts under one year of team control and a David Price contract. To me, that's a chip that you flip from Francisco Lindor if I'm the Los Angeles Dodgers. So I truly believe the Dodgers, whatever they do, I don't care who it is, do something. Andrew Freeman, he cannot afford to go into next year by running back the same roster. They need to bring in either a Mookie Betts or a Francisco Lindor. They need elite talent. They need a shakeup because at some point, Andrew Freeman has to part ways with one of these elite prospects. Look, Andrew Freeman, you can't take these prospects with you. You got to cash in at some point or another. Look, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a new TV show on A&E called Prospect Hoarders starring Andrew Freeman. Look, the time is now. It's time to win. Instead of Randy Newman's I Love LA, he's singing Randy Newman's I Love AAA because he wants to keep those prospects in the mix until they pan out. But at some point, you have to take advantage of the current nucleus. Guys like Walker Bueller, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, these guys aren't getting any younger, and the World Series drought is 32 years now. You got to get it done. Look, I hate that these Dodger fans are out there calling you Andrew Fraudman. I'm not one of them. I think you're a phenomenal GM. I just think you need to be bold this offseason and get a deal done that can help this Dodger team get to the World Series and win the World Series. And last night, the Los Angeles Lakers, they lose to the Indiana Pacers 105-102, snapping their 14-game road winning streak. No Anthony Davis for the Lakers last night. So LeBron James, it was an opportunity for him to step up without Anthony Davis in the lineup. And LeBron, not his best night. 20 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. But he also had 5 turnovers, went 0 for 6 from 3, and 4 for 8 from the charity stripe. And he missed a couple free throws that could have really helped this Laker team pull away last night. But the Lakers lose. They're human. And it sets up a monster matchup on Thursday night. Giannis and the Bucks versus LeBron AD and the Lakers. That's going to be a great matchup. And it could be a finals preview. But getting back to last Last night's game, look, LeBron James clearly looked a little legast last night. 0 for 6 from 3, 4 for 8 from the free throw line, and on the year he's shooting 67% from the charity stripe. The best he's ever shot was 78% back in 2008 with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So 
LeBron James, he's never been the best free throw shooter, but he has to improve that mark just a little bit because when LeBron's not confident at the line, he's not going to the hole. You saw it last night. He was settling for threes on plays where really he should have been getting to the rim, and when LeBron's at his best, he's freight training his way to the rim, doing a little pick-and-roll action with Anthony Davis, and I told you, Anthony Davis needs to be the MVP of the Lakers. If LeBron is the MVP of the Lakers, then you know you have a problem because it means that LeBron has been playing too many minutes. Right now, LeBron, he's 17th in the NBA in minutes at 34.7 minutes per game. That is a lot of minutes for a guy who's played over 47,207 regular season minutes, and he has the all-time record for most minutes played in the postseason at 10,049. So like I was saying weeks ago, AD must be the MVP of this team so LeBron can stay fresh for the postseason. And now the question is, do you load manage LeBron James? Well, according to LeBron James, he has no interest in in load management, and this felt like a shot. This felt like the salvo on a shot against the Los Angeles Clippers. Here's LeBron talking about load management. If I'm healthy, I play. That's just going to be your approach all year. I mean, that's the, that should be the approach. I mean, unless we're getting to, like, you know, late in the season, we've clinched, and we can't get any better or any worse. And, you know, it could benefit from that, but, I mean, why, why wouldn't I play if I'm healthy? It doesn't make any sense to me, personally. I mean, I don't know how many games I got left in my career. I don't know how many kids that may show up to a game that dare to come see me play, and if I sit out, then what? You know, that's my obligation. My obligation is to play, play for my teammates, and if I'm if I'm healthy, then I'm going to play. If coach sits me out, then I've, I'm not healthy, and, it, and it's just that simple. So that's a very big deal for the NBA, to have its marquee player, the face of the NBA, saying, hey, no load management for me. I'm in year 17, and I'm still playing every single night. And you know that was a shot at the Clippers and at Kawhi Leonard. And Doc Rivers talked about it. Here's Doc Rivers' response to LeBron James. And you can just feel this Clippers-Lakers rivalry. It is starting to percolate. We are getting closer and closer one week away from that Christmas Day matchup. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a good one. Here's Doc Rivers talking about LeBron James's load management strategy. Play every night and, and, and all of that, and sort of contrasting that with your guys' situation with Kawhi. I mean, contrasting what, that with the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, what, <laughs> is there kind of, is there kind of different philosophies there, or what? what to, what's your take? It's our philosophy. I don't know what theirs are. You know, uh, I think theirs is whatever LeBron says it is, uh, <laughs> to be honest. That makes, uh, sense. <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense to me. But, no, I think uh, I like what we're doing. I think it's the smart thing to do. And, you know, who knows? We'll see at the end. Now, wait a second, wait a second. It's whatever LeBron wants? Really? Because last time I checked, they went with Frank Vogel over Ty Lue. And Kawhi Leonard's case, Kawhi Leonard made the Clippers gut their entire future and trade for Paul George just to sign him. There's, he's calling the shots over there more than LeBron James is calling the shots with the Los Angeles Lakers. So, hey, Doc Rivers, LeBron has owned you so many times in the playoffs that I know you probably don't like the King, and it's going to happen once again on Christmas Day. But if I'm LeBron James and the Lakers, I think you do have to consider a little happy medium. Look, LeBron James recently said that he really feels like a Laker. Uh, I am a Laker. I am. I'm definitely a Laker. I feel it, and uh, I'm happy as hell to be one.
And really, to me, LeBron James, he is a Laker. He's really a combination of a lot of the great Lakers. He passes like magic, he scores like Kobe, and in the fourth quarter, he's starting to shoot free throws like Shaq. And a lot like Shaq, I think LeBron James is going to make those free throws when it counts. I just think fatigue is a factor, and if I'm the Lakers, I scale back on those minutes on LeBron, and I think you'll see those three-point numbers and those free throw numbers go up as a result. So LeBron James, he's having an outstanding season. In. He's averaging 25.9 points per game. That's good for ninth in the league. 7.4 rebounds, 10.6 assists, leads the NBA, and has PER of 26.9. That's sixth in the entire league. So LeBron James, he's the reason why the Lakers are out to this 24-4 start, mentoring Anthony Davis, getting the best out of him. But I'm telling you, the Clippers and Lakers, there is a rivalry brewing. And the NBA has given you the fan the best Christmas present you could ever ask for December 25th, a week away. It's going down at Staples Center. But before we wrap, I want to hit you with the Get More Sports Fact of the Day. Who holds the record for the most Pro Bowl appearances? You got to tie 14 Pro Bowls for Tony Gonzalez, Peyton Manning, Bruce Matthews, Merlin Olsen, and Tom Brady. But that is going to do it for episode 82 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts these days. And then be sure to head to YouTube and give me all your takes right down below in the comments section. I want all your takes on all of today's topics right down below in the comments section. You guys can be a part of the Get More Sports Podcast. Just go give me those comments so I can read them off live on Friday's episode. But that is going to do it. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. See you Friday. Watch all the sports. And I'm out.